The contents of our show have many references to alcohol and drinking. We want to acknowledge our friends in recovery and let them know we love you and support you. If you or someone you know is a person with substance use disorder, you can call 1-800-662-HELP. Sitters here, taxis not far, meet you at the closest bar. No toddler grass until sunrise, slowly sip that whiskey ride. Gather parents for it's near, it's time to hit that bottle of Hey guys, it's us again. We're oh, back hi. for another little dip in the chasing pool. Mm. No. <laughs> I don't know what that meant. <laughs> We're back with another little mini longer episode, which we think that they're going to be shorter episodes, but they end up being over long. Okay. Anyway. We're here. They, yeah. Back. We're here. We're back. And actually... Ugh. You know, it's 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 sort of the we recorded our main episode just last night, and then didn't fit in this part. So it feels like this should rightfully be called, and I give this credit to Alicia, a hangover episode. Um, I am feeling a little bit. I did have a gin martini last night, so, so it's definitely. right. It yeah. feels right. I'm having a, like I'm having an, an emotional hangover from our conversation. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, well, I'm the one who cried for 15 minutes. So. <laughs> My eyes are still puffy. No, they're not. I'm fine. We're fine. <laughs> we're all fine. Even when we're not fine, we're fine. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, we're um, on fire, but we're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Nice positive Ooh. intro there today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the world mm-hmm. is on fire. How are, how's everybody else doing today? <laughs> but you know, no, you know, there's hopeful things. There's a, there's a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's, there, there are, there's a new president coming through yep. up in January. Um Mm-hmm. Santa Claus is coming to town next week. Santa Claus is coming to town. That's the one I'm most excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, mama needs a new computer. Yeah. <laughs> adult Santa drop-off wish box. Yeah. Like actually happen. Uh, can my parents, do my parents still buy me gifts? No, they yeah. buy everything for, Owen, here's it. Here it is. Owen needs a oh, MacBook yeah. Air. <laughs> 2020, please. Yeah. Yeah. Urgent. Mm. Urgent. He's very advanced. He needs- he's, he's quite, yes. Yeah. He's been writing papers uh, via <laughs> via typewriter. We need to get him up to date. It's dissertations due. Now. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm homeschooling him. Really. Yes, yes. Uh, so, so what this episode is is your stories. We're mm-hmm. we're we're not gonna really talk about any other topic, but stories you've sent us because we have a few mm-hmm. that we are really uh, we haven't listened to obviously because we never do. Um, but we're excited yeah, to so bring excited. it to you. Do you couple, want uh, – what's up? No, oh, what's up? <laughs> I was just going to say, should we do the written one first? We sure. have a we, we have one that was written in as opposed to a, an audio, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's start with that one. Um, um, <clears throat> this is from 
um, a family friend, Liz, and she sent me this on Instagram. So I'm just going to read it verbatim um, and then we'll talk about it. So I had reached out to a few people to, this is me, fellowship. I had reached out to a few people. <laughs> I was like, oh, she wrote that? Yeah. <laughs> I've had a few people reach out to me about guilt. Um, <laughs> no, I reached out to a few people to see if they would be um, some new mamas that I know to see if they would be willing to share their story. So Liz gave birth throughout the pandemic. So um, this is her, this is her guilt story. I definitely experienced new mom guilt, although I never really felt like it came directly from other moms, but more so from the expectations I had and from what I think I was consuming on social media while trapped in quarantine. Breastfeeding is a whole beast on its own, and I felt very conflicted when I needed to start supplementing combo feeding at three months, which also happened to be when I went back to work. I feel like I should be able to do it all and still breastfeed because I was working from home, even though I was mentally and physically exhausted and my supply was tanking. Even though I told myself I would never put pressure on myself with breastfeeding, I totally did. I also carried a lot of guilt around not loving it or thinking it's so magical like other people seem to. Mm -hmm. I thought it should be this incredible existential experience when in reality I was an emotional mess and feeling miserable because of all the pressure I was putting on myself. Now that she's six months, my mom, my mom guilt has changed. Eric and I are both full-time working from home with no children. Oh, sorry. <laughs> they didn't get rid of their kid. <laughs> My mom guilt. My mom guilt. Now. <laughs> it's gone now. Got rid of the kid. We're good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought, it's that easy. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> Eric and I both were. Uh, ooh, Eric and I are both full time working from home with no child care. No child okay. Care. Just ten minutes here and there for my parents when we are in a bind, and I really struggle with feeling like she's not getting the quality interaction and engagement that she needs and deserves. Living with my parents also sometimes make me feel like we failed somehow, even though we were forced out of our apartment in July and have been using this time to save up for a house and sort of ride out the pandemic. I know we are doing what we need to do, but it's hard not to compare to others and not to constantly worry whether our best is good enough. Mm -hmm. Yikes, parenting is hard, huh? Loving the podcast so far and all the fact that and the fact that you are talking about all of this very important stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think one, she hits the nail on the head that it definitely shifts, right? Mom guilt is not being able to breastfeed or not loving breastfeeding or, you know, stop stopping breastfeeding or, mm -hmm. you know, having – and then it shifts into working and then it shifts into – like it just – Quality time. It just takes different shapes. Yeah. Yeah. It just – Yeah. It's a great point. Um, it does take – just like morphs from one thing to the other. Morphs. Yeah. And man, breastfeeding, I think that one of the points she made of like, it's not, it wasn't magical for me. And oh, I don't think it's magical for, for so many, so many women. It's not, I love, I, I, I love doing it while I could. Um, but it was not magical by any means. I wasn't producing enough milk and, um, man, it's, it's stressful. Yeah. It is stressful. And also, you know, just going back to that whole, this, the plan and program and whatever that we have in our heads is coming from the way that we um, see parenting in the world, mm -hmm. right? Like in our society, what, what it's supposed to be like. And so just going to keep reiterating that we need to stop listening to that because it's, 
it's damaging as you, you know, Mm -hmm. as she said, I think Sarah and I have each said as well, like it's, it's damaging to compare yourself and to see all these people on Instagram. And, um, I mean, we all know that Instagram is a, it's a filter in itself, right? You're Mm -hmm. you're filtering out whatever you're choosing to post, what you're not choosing to post, Mm -hmm. you know, um, glorifying your life a little bit or just making it look prettier. And I, and I don't think there's any shame in that. I think that if you don't, I think that that's what in Instagram was originally intended for, right? Mm-hmm. Like even like your MySpace, like you're just sharing pieces of your life, photos that yeah. you think are beautiful that you really like. It's not meant to be a, a a blog where you share your feelings and emotions and you get raw and deep. It's like that's not what it is. I'm I'm grateful that we can kind of shift, you know, in our our niche that we're in. We want to shift to that kind of more raw mm-hmm. raw edge parenting, um, real life stuff. But I again, there, I don't think there's any shame in um, putting whatever you want, the pretty stuff on Instagram, like that's right intention. Um, but it, it it can be really damaging because then you're comparing yourself to, I mean, I compare myself Mm -hmm. to like, um, influencers who have like 5 million followers and Mm -hmm. live in like a huge house. And, um, you know, like they seem like they have it all together. They're like up early working out and then they go and they, um, their kids have like acai bowls for breakfast and like, they always Mm -hmm. like fucking like 27 fruits in one little bowl. And I'm like, guess I could do that. Like, I just don't want to, you know, or, or I don't have the time or like, why can they do it? And I can't. And, um, well, yeah, right. I'm comparing myself to people who have like, it's, it's different. That's their job. Their job is to make this look pretty all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and and they have, they have means that you don't, that you or I don't, that most people don't. There's no, there's no way, there's no way to look I feel like there's this thing where, um, oh, everybody has the same amount of hours in a day. Well, no, we don't. We don't. I've always hated that stupid, like, it's, how it's, many hours is Beyonce? That's it. That's yeah. it. That, like, that whatever. And it's like, yeah, okay, but um, she also has millions of dollars. She's got help. She's got uh, – it's not the same. No, it's not, it's the, not same. the same. Um, maybe when she was a teenager <laughs> – <laughs> like maybe her and I had the same kind of hours in a day, but um, com- comparison is, ooh, comparison is the thief of joy. Is yeah. that the saying? Because it's yeah. the most like it really it's is. It's just not. I I even find myself. Com- I, I was just thinking this about people I follow, and I I try to follow people that are more raw and real mm-hmm. uh, because that's you know what I am drawn to. I'm not drawn to. Um, perfect photos of anything because perfection is damaging in its own right. Um, But I, as a human being, am so flawed and internally flawed might not be the word, but I am flawed, but I I, I have so many problems internally that I even look at people who are showing their real bodies and still comparing myself to them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, uh, you know, maybe it's not physically comparing myself to their body, but looking at it and going, wow, they're so confident in their body. I could never do that. You know, I, it's just like, just that's just an example. But, you know, um, man, it's just such a hard, hard thing to stop doing. Mm-hmm. But that's, I think you made a really good point within that, you know, like changing your, filtering your filters, right? So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. filtering out or just adding more of the stuff that you want to see. I mean, mm-hmm. in the past eight months, shifting towards... Um, eight, nine months, or I guess almost a year now, I guess, 
um, this has been going on, but I've really shifted who I follow and what I like to look at on Instagram. And, you know, it's definitely been driven a lot more towards politics because I'm big into politics. But um, if you do that and you engage with that kind of content that you want, that's what you're going to see. Exactly. So, you know, just if, if, if you're finding yourself in that kind of position, because I've, I, I, again, I've compared myself to so many people, you just got to cut it out. You just mm-hmm. got to cut it out. And you know what? You're not going to miss them. They're not going to miss you. But it's it's better for your mental health every single day to make sure that you're not looking at something and finding something to pick apart about yourself mm-hmm. because dangerous, dangerous thoughts can creep in your head. And, and totally. then just like kind of fuck up your day or your mood yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And, and then you find yourself an hour later and you're like, why am I in such a bad mood? It's like, oh, because I was just telling myself I'm fat for 30 minutes right. in the bathroom or right. by the shower, you know, like, yeah. um, so if that's you, like the best advice I can give, just cancel it out. Nobody's yeah. going to miss it. You're not going to miss yeah. it. You're not going to think like, oh, what is that one influencer in Sweden doing today? Like, right. I, you know, like <laughs> I'm not going to remember that I followed them. Right. So. Well, it becomes, it becomes a reflex. I'm sure I'm hoping I'm not the only one that has this problem, but it becomes a reflex where I have a list You've seen my lists. Like I have a list of shit that I have to get done mm-hmm. and I'll have a moment where I just pick up my phone and I'm supposed to be doing something, writing an email. But my immediate thing, my my finger goes to Instagram. It just yeah. goes to Instagram. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh. And then five minutes later, I'm like, why am I on here? What yeah. am I doing? Yeah. What was I doing? Yeah. Uh, 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 you know, and then it's like Mindy Kaling telling a joke and it's like, I don't need to know that stuff right now. Watching Busy Phillips stories because she has mm. so many. Like, yeah. like well, those you always, <laughs> always do. What Listen. I don't want to do is like be, I get on, I get on Instagram and then I find somebody and then I like find their partner or like their kid or like their, oh, yeah. whoever that also might be famous. And then I get on Wikipedia and I'm like deep. Oh, it's, it's it's insanity. You're deep diving. I deep dive. One second you're on Instagram looking at your friends. The next second you're on like reels of like The Bachelorette. And <laughs> yeah. I never even watched The Bachelorette. Like, I don't know how I end up here sometimes. I'm like, I got it. You got to just throw uh, it. Put the phone down. Yeah. And and I think that the, for me, this is way off tangent, or tan- way off subject, but I think that I, I also get like, I don't think about exes I've had very often, but I have moments where I'm like, I wonder what that guy I dated 10 years ago is doing right now. Yeah. And I did, I just did this last night. I was like, let me just, and then, oh, there's this, oh, and then I was like, oh my God, their kids are beautiful. It was like, this, like <laughs> I mean, I felt like happy for him, but I was also like, why am I here? Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, happy for you. Not gonna say his name. That'd be silly. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was just really funny. It was just like I did it last night, and I was I, I got to the point where I was like, I don't even care about the, like what am I doing? Right. Like, what, why? How did I get here? How did I get here? Can, can I stop, please? Can, can I get it? Right, right. And then I just turned my put my phone down and mm-hmm. close my eyes. But uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. I mean. So- that it's it, that's a dangerous beast in itself is and is comparing yourself and it's not so easy to just be like well don't do that right um but definitely you know try if, but, if it's something that you can tell is affecting your mental health then try to shift but, right acknowledge yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i i think i mean her to her story she basically was saying i am i'm not comparing myself to anybody i'm just putting it all the pressure on myself yeah. Um, but that comes from somewhere, like you were saying, like that com- you're putting all the pressure on yourself, but because you think it's the right way to do it based on something that you've seen or mm-hmm. know inherently. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, 
and, and it gets hard to, you know, I, I'm not speaking for her at all. I don't know where she's coming from in, entirely, but like for me, and I know that she has siblings who have kids, like it's really hard to not compare yourself to your brothers and sisters who have children that might be more successful than you are, or they just seem like they have it more together. Um, it can be any, and that's where, you know, more mom guilt creeps in. You're like, well, what am I doing different? Like, what am I, I don't know. Uh, it's, uh, I, I have I, all of my siblings <laughs> are doing it better than I'm doing it. <laughs> Except for, well, in a sense, they're not doing better than I am, but in the sense of uh, traditional family situations, Mm -hmm. uh, if I were to compare myself to what, you know, what they're doing, like, uh, man, (laughs) I'm doing it. I'm doing it a little differently. Yeah. And that's okay. okay. But no, but I, no. Yeah, yeah. That that point is funny though cuz it's like it's within your own Oof, it's close. It's close. And that's yeah. and, it, and it makes it harder cuz then you're like, well, what do I what do my parents think of me now? Are they comparing me to the other children? Like yeah. stuff that oh, gets yeah. into my head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but thank you Liz for sharing that. And I think you're I think you probably have people who are just going like, "Yep. Yep. Yep. I felt that too." You know, that's the whole reason behind this. Again, we don't have all the answers, but it's, it's good to just talk about it. Yeah. And so. we'll give you answers. We'll give you wrong answers sometimes. Sure. I'll give you some just... shitty <laughs> advice. No problem. Here's, <laughs> here's some terrible advice for you to take. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, let's move on. We're going to do three stories tonight. Today. I, I say tonight often. I don't know when you're listening. It could be in the morning. It could be in the evening. It could be at twilight. 5 a.m. this morning listening to our podcast. Yeah. Like, it's great. I'm like, why are you awake? <laughs> <laughs> I hope – I'm glad – yeah, that, but that's – you know. So whatever time you're listening, we are um, – we're going to move on to a second story. I don't know which one's which, so I'm just going to play uh, okay. and hopefully uh, we will discover whose story this is. <laughs> Hello, Hitting the Bottle. First off, I want to say you ladies are doing a great job on the new podcast. It's so nice to have somewhere to tune in and listen to some real raw topics about motherhood. You know, this shit ain't easy, so it's great to have another resource that reminds me that I'm not alone on this crazy, beautiful adventure. And without any of the fluff, because I like it raw. So <laughs> cheers to you mamas. Hey. Anyways, my name is Christina. I'm a mother of two, a little boy who will be three and a half months, and my very spirited, sassy little girl will be three in January. Um, I absolutely love being a mom, but one thing that I wasn't really prepared for, you know, you can read up all the books and get prepared as much as you can, (laughs) but nobody really tells you about the mom shame or guilt that comes along with the title. Um, The guilt is pretty rough. I mean, I think we can all attest to that. You know, here you are trying to raise your kids, do the best you can, and then you feel shame from outsiders on top of Mm -hmm. it. So it's pretty crazy. My uh, guilt or shame started from the beginning. Um, I had to have a C-section because my baby was breech. So I really struggled with that and not being able to have like the quote unquote Mm -hmm. normal vaginal birth. Um, And then 
After three months, I started back to work. My milk supply dropped. I was breastfeeding, Mm -hmm. um, but not able to pump enough. So I was having to supplement with formula. And there you go. (laughs) Again, there's guilt with that. Um, You know, just ranges anywhere from co-sleeping to am I giving my kid too much screen time? (laughs) Am I engaging with them enough? Am I doing the right thing? Or am I totally just going to screw them up at the end of the day? Um, And then one thing in particular for me that stuck with me through it all was just actually the title of being like a first-time parent. Mm. You know, it's magical. It's beautiful. You have this baby. But then people expect you to like raise them a certain way or you know they title you as a first-time parent I love my in-laws and they're great but they always used to joke with me and my husband and they would call us FTPs Mm. you know for first-time parent Mm. and although it was coming from a loving place um it really kind of stung because I felt like I was being a little bit shamed for being overly cautious with my baby Mm -hmm. um you know you drop the pacifier on the ground and as a first-time parent you feel like you need to go wash it off right away and (laughs) I would joke around and be like oh it's fine just wipe it off put it back in it's no big deal um I didn't like to hear my baby cry so Mm -hmm. I would go and pick her up Mm -hmm. right away and then people would always tell you oh just let them cry it out you're gonna spoil them you're such a first-time parent blah 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 all of that So that was kind of, you know, something that stuck with me. Um, Now that I have two kids, it kind of has like a a weight that was lifted off my shoulder. I kind of feel a little bit more freedom coming with the second kid. Mm, Interesting. Just because I have done it before. Um, And yes, looking back, I do see that as a first time parent, sometimes you are a little bit more cautious with the first baby because you don't know any better mm-hmm. so you're just trying to do the best you can um now I know I can walk around with you know spit up stains on my shirt for a few <laughs> hours it's not gonna <laughs> do anything I don't have to go change my clothes five times a day because like where am I going nobody's seeing me. <laughs> anyways so now it's just kind of easier to let things roll off of the shoulders I have more of like a fuck it attitude where it's like you know what if you don't like how I'm doing it then that's fine you don't like me putting my baby in bed with me then that's fine I'm still gonna do it because that's how I get sleep um so it definitely is nice just looking back and being like you know those people I shouldn't have let them Mm -hmm. shame me into feeling a certain Mm -hmm. way um Anyway, so that is kind of my advice in moving forward with everyone is I know it's hard and the guilt is never ending, even with two now, you know, having a second one. I worry that I'm not giving my second mm-hmm. baby enough attention like I did the first and, oh, yeah. um, you know, how is he going to be being a pandemic baby and all of yeah. those things. So it's never ending and it will drive you crazy and you'll lose sleep over it. But I just kind of want to tell everyone like, do what you got to do, do what's best for you and your family and screw everyone who, (laughs) you know, makes you feel the shame or the guilt. And, you know, with social media and everything, it's hard because you feel like you need to be a certain way. You need to really work hard to breastfeed, although it's not easy for some of us. And you need to put your baby in their crib and let them cry it out. And some people don't want to do that. So just you know screw it do you and uh, you're doing a great job oh. all right you got this moms oh, oh that was great that was uh, so good. first of all i love it fuck it yeah like fuck it attitude like i'm gonna do it's god like if that's the only advice you give a new parent it's just 
it's, the best. It's the best advice. It's the best advice. Mm-hmm. And I, when she was saying cry it out, um, I think about that. I think about that often because I, because Owen and I, this, our sleeping habits are really bad right now. Not really bad for any other reason except I want to sleep yeah. and he doesn't let me. Uh, uh, I, do, I, I love having him in my bed sometimes. It's like comforting. But I, anyway, um, but cry it out and spoil. There's no such thing as spoiling your fucking baby. There's no such thing. The cry it out method is great for people who want to get their kid to sleep in their bed so that they can sleep in theirs. Like, let's call it what it is. (laughs) Your kid isn't going to get, what's going to happen if you hug your kid all the time? Nothing. If you, yeah. Extra love begets love. Like, no, none of that. That's, and also stop shaming new parents for being new parents. You don't know everything. (laughs) Also, I'm sitting here like, so if I only have one kid, am I always a friend? Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. I'm making less of a parent if I'm if I only have one kid. It's like, right? Is this not enough experience? Because I'm pretty sure I'm having a lot of experience right now. It's only mm-hmm. been three years. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That it, you know, it's funny. Like when when it comes to advice, like when you're saying like fuck it, you know, like that's it. Actually, is really good advice to just tell parents like you know that you're gonna have a lot coming at you. You know, like I really had a, a very fuck it approach, but that doesn't mean, I'm not saying that that didn't mean that guilt crept in, guilt and shame definitely crept in, um, as we talked about. But I I did, I, I really liked knowing that what I was doing for my baby was fully up to me. And, and, um, and that's when it almost feels like even more invasive when you do something that you feel good and right about, and you're making an active choice in your mind, then somebody tries to give you different advice. You're like, you know what? Like, stay, stay in your lane. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so with that, with that advice, you know, uh, fuck it. I, I had some really good advice when, before I had a river and it was at my baby shower and people wrote like advice on a piece of paper and somebody just wrote babies cry. And <laughs> I swear to God, it was the best advice I like, I, I could have ever had when river would be crying, you know, when they first get home and they're crying over, whatever you're like oh my god they like have the flu and they're dying and um, that one sneeze means she's like has pneumonia and uh, my life's about to end and and that little cry must mean that she like broke her foot somehow I mean so many thoughts and I was like okay no it's okay it's okay babies cry babies cry cry." but um also with like with being you know it's really hard to be and, and I talked about this in my story, like it's really hard to be around people who are telling you so many things. Um, sometimes a lot of that is coming from your family, so they're not just going to go away. But you also kind of have to learn to to um, find a way within yourself to like block that. Yeah, yeah, block that's that it. From, like, yeah. creeping, creeping in so much that it affects your mental health. Mm-hmm. It is other people who are saying things to you, but it's also on mm-hmm. us to be like, um, you know, aware of of how it is affecting us in the long run. And I know that's a lot to kind of process. Like you're not going to process that as you're at three months postpartum and all these thoughts are going on, but it is, um, water off a duck's back. Yeah. Just yeah. Roll. roll off. Like, yeah. Like she was saying, even she's like, I just try to, you know, brush yeah. off my shoulders yeah. now. It's but it's hard. hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's I mean, hard. come on. I, I, I could say to the cows, the cows come home. yeah, <laughs> to the cows come home that I don't care what people think, but I will. I do. I I care what you know. I I care what the people who I surround myself and and love. You know, I care about their opinions and um. Well, I don't and, think and in general, you, I don't give a. I don't care what people think. Um, right. 
but but I appreciate people's I don't know respect. I mean, I don't. I well, don't know. Yeah, I mean, and and I think that, and the the hard part about it too is when you're a new parent, like she was saying, also that uh, you don't know what you're doing. You you don't, you're discovering it all for the first time. It's the first time for everything. So when people give you advice or if people you're talking to say things like, do it this way, or here's how I would, you know, if they give you those nuggets, you just go, oh, okay, that's, that's something that I didn't know before. So I'm going to just listen or not, maybe not, I'm just going to listen to them, but like, they must be right because it's just hard to block that noise out when you actually don't know what you're doing, I guess is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Like if you're doing something the first time, somebody's already done it, they're telling you how they they did it, you go, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That must be it. And then you do it that way and you go, oh, I don't like the way this is feeling. So yeah. it's just really hard. It's just navigating – man, it's just navigating so much trying to – to, to parent the way you want to parent without all the noise is uh, impossible. Yeah, it's a lot of trial and error, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to see how what works for you. You know, like I thought raising organically was going to work for me. It didn't work because I started doing things for my childhood I didn't like. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's a that's a story for another episode. But um, thank you, Tina, for submitting your story and to Liz. Did I say thank you to Liz? Thank you. Um, yes for sharing your guys' stories. These are, these are great. So, and we have one more. We have one more. And, um, this is from Leslie and she and I used to work together at anthropology and she's got two little boys. And I think that, well, she'll tell us, I I think she might've, um, given birth during, I'm not going to (laughs) say, let's take that out. (laughs) I wanted to say during the pandemic, but I think he's a year old or close to it. So it probably was right before, but yeah. Um, okay, so here is Leslie. Hi, uh, this is Leslie. I have a uh, two two sons. Um, August was born in 2018, and I just had little Levin. He was born this year in February. And um, I don't really want to tell talk too much about my birth story because I feel like you've had amazing birth stories already. I will say I had a four-step delivery. Uh all the classes, all of my doctors, um, said that they didn't do forceps delivery. They did vacuum. Little did I know that, um, yeah, yeah. Uh the doctor that I saw every day for prenatal checkups wasn't the one who actually delivered me. The the doctor who delivered me, who I met one time, but it wasn't, he didn't even check me. You just like, I just sat in his office and he talked to me. Uh, he did, he did forceps. So that came as a huge surprise when, wow. Um, August was not moving, uh, cause his umbilical cord was trapped somewhere. I still don't really understand what happened. All I know is that I had oxygen mask on and I was on my side and I thought they were going to say like we had to do an emergency section. Lo and behold, he came after me with silver, huge tongs and oh my God. yanked oh that my kid God. out of me. So I had a pretty rough recovery and, oh. um, well. from that and then, you also had uh, an amazing person call in and talk about their breastfeeding story and how hard it was. And I also had a very, very hard time breastfeeding, not just my first child, but my second child too. They were so extremely complicated um, in different ways. With August, I had the nipple shield for two months. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up having to formula feed and and breastfeed August. Um, 
my second kid, he cracked my nipples really bad. And, um, yeah, it wasn't a pretty sight. I went to a lactation consultant afterwards because I was just screaming Mm -hmm. every time he would latch. And she was like astonished they even let me leave the hospital without giving me some ointment. I got some like nipple ointment. I don't know. Anyway, um, that caller in, sorry, tangent, that caller who called in about that, um, was great. I feel like she hit on all how hard it is to actually like let yourself not breastfeed. Um, yeah. And it's totally fine. And I, I told myself that even though I didn't practice what I preached, I was very hard on myself, still hard on myself. Um, I keep saying if I have a, a third baby, uh, I, I might just like just formula feed. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, I know I'm just gonna be just as hard on myself. Yeah. Anyway, um, what I wanted to touch base on was, um, the depression that comes mm-hmm. after giving birth. Um, I was in it pretty bad. I'm sure that there are women who've had it far worse than I have. Um, and you always mm-hmm. hear about it. And yep. after you give birth, you have to like fill out this form. Like every single time you go to the doctor, it's just, like this checklist. It's like, do you find joy in things you found joy before you gave birth? Um, stuff like that and it's just like have you been feeling sad I don't know I I, I, I I answered as truthfully as possible but I I feel like I might have lied and said that I was not depressed so no one really talked mm. to me about it afterwards yeah. and um I think the hardest part about depression is you don't really know you're in it until you're out of it so and true. uh I think God, if so I true. heard more true stories or just more stories about what postpartum depression is like, I would have been maybe a little more prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, just like thinking about this dark space is like making me uh, tear up. Um, so yeah, my depression, I think, pretty much started from day one. I couldn't walk for like a a month after I gave birth because just in a lot of pain. Um, I was a first time mom, so didn't even know what I was doing. Uh, still don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Who am I kidding? And, um, (laughs) so the force of delivery was hard. The not latching was hard. (sighs) August was very colicky. So not sleeping was hard. August would cry every day, forever, all day long. He would cry, um, and um, in my head, I'm like, he's probably just really hungry because you're trying to breastfeed. You probably just need formula, but I was formula feeding him, so no, no, Leslie. See, I keep trying to like justify his crying. He mm-hmm. was just a fussy baby, and uh, my second is actually was like a dream baby compared like I understand how babies can be and if I had my second kid for my first kid <laughs> oh my god I would think that you know babies are chill they sleep all the time obviously <laughs> he cried nonstop. um my mom came and stayed with us for a month the first month that he was born and that was helpful and then she uh would help um to take the baby in the morning which was great because then I got to sleep but I remember mm-hmm. even when my, with my mom there and um, my partner and my husband, even in that first month, like, I would dread going mm. to the bedroom where my husband and me and August would sleep in his um, dog-a-tot. 
because uh, he wouldn't sleep anywhere else. And he barely slept in the dog a tot. And I remember dreading. I remember one night it was, like, time to go to bed. It was, like, 10 p.m. And I just, like, cried. I went to my mom's room instead. And I just, I just cried. And I said, I don't want to go in there. I don't want to go in there. Because, like, every time going into that dark room and knowing it's going to be, like, another battle, I just mm-hmm. couldn't keep doing this battle every night. Mm-hmm. And then the mornings would come, and it it would be hard. I'd have to carry him all the time. And um, my husband went back to work, and my mom left. And I would cry because he would be crying, and he wouldn't stop. And I would have no one there. And my poor husband, I'd call him just crying to him, and he'd come home from work. Sorry, I'm crying so much. Don't apologize. He'd come home from work uh, to help me because he was like, very scared scared for me and looking back like looking back I probably wasn't I wasn't hiding it I couldn't Mm -hmm. but in my head I thought I was hiding it I thought I was doing like a really good job and uh I just have visions of me like throwing my child out the window yep oh Sorry, this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, so yeah, I'd have visions of like throwing August out the window and um, because I, I don't even, I can't even justify it. Like would I, would I have done it? I don't think so. But I remember just being like, can I just throw him out the window? Um, I would go into my mind and somehow f- try to figure out how to get rid of my child um, and the only thing stopping me from like telling Jason and my mom, and, like I knew my mom, this is my head. This is not, like how, like clearly this would never have worked, <laughs> but in my head at the time, I was convinced that I could tell my mom and I could tell Jason, like, look, I can't do this. I can't be a mother. It's not in me. I, I don't have that maternal instinct. I can't do it. I'm not good at this. I need to give August away. And I was convinced that like, Jason would be fine with me giving the kid away. He would understand. He's having a hard time, too. I was convinced, like, my mom would be totally fine with it. And I was like, but I don't want, like, my mom raising the kid. I want to, like, just, I want to give him up for adoption. I want him to, like, not to be around. And the only, only problem with that master plan I came up with (laughs) was, um, my mother-in-law would never let that happen. And she would, she would be like, I would take the baby and, like, my mother and I don't, my mother-in-law and I don't really get along. So, like, I couldn't bear her taking care of my baby and knowing that I was weak. Um, and that was really the only reason that I didn't give my, tell my husband and my, my mom that I needed to give August up for adoption. <laughs> I don't even think I have uh, told my husband that story. But, like... It was like a couple of days, maybe a week, that I would just try to figure out how to give my child up for adoption. Because I just didn't have it in me. Another part, I think, of the depression that a lot of people talk about lightly, but you don't hear too many people saying it out loud, is that like I missed my old life. I had this <sighs> kid who screamed in my face nonstop, and uh, this body who... I couldn't even, like, it wasn't my body. 
and it wasn't my life, and I, I wasn't laughing, I wasn't having fun, um, I couldn't really drink, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I also felt this while I was pregnant, I felt like I was losing myself, and I just felt like I didn't have a sense of being, um, and, yeah, and all those, all those things combined into one, uh, it was a lot, and, um, I don't even know really when I got out of it, I think it was, like, around three months, and I remember going, I had, I went to a baby shower pretty quickly after, well, not quickly, people, like, prance out of the hospital and go to dinner the next night, but, like, um, I didn't leave <laughs> not house me. Uh-uh. for three weeks, uh, and I went to my friend's baby shower, and I remember I went there, and I had left my house, I was in a dark place, but on the outside, I, I wouldn't show it, but I probably totally showed it, but I, I told myself I didn't show it, and I remember my uh, friend's mom was there, and we're pretty, not close, but like, I know her, I've gone to her friend's house a lot, her, a lot, blah, blah. and her mom had two colicky babies, and she just looked at me, and she was like, it gets better, and like, you hear that, you hear it gets better, but you tell yourself that like, but this is different, it's not gonna get better, he's never gonna sleep, he's never gonna stop crying, this is my life, and I chose this, I planned this pregnancy, and I am not a good mom, and I shouldn't have done this, and um, and then lo and behold, after three months, uh, August just like, snapped out of it he slept he um I was formula feeding and breastfeeding at that time but he was latching uh and it it was it it just stopped and it got better and um I just wanted maybe if someone hears this and is going through it or has gone through it that does get better even when you honestly think it's never going to and um it it got better and just wanted to share that story and maybe someone will connect with it maybe people won't (laughs) um I think very you do connect with it you're not alone I wish that we could know each other um I always bond a lot more with people who have colicky babies or expressed how hard their children are um and I don't know just also struggle with the maternal instinct at least they like vocalize it a little more um that's all thanks guys bye (sighs) Leslie like thank you so much for sharing thank you so much I think that your honesty and your vulnerability and your story are so much more common. I mm-hmm. I remember I didn't leave my apartment, my dark apartment in Brooklyn by myself for two months after Owen came out. Two months. And that feeling when you're in it, that feeling when you're that dark, when you're ready to throw your child or... Mm-hmm. It's so hard to imagine the other side of it. Yeah. It's the darkness is so hard to explain. You're not alone. 
I mean, you're not alone. And I think you're, I had written down while you were talking actually, um, mourning who you were before, before you had, you give birth to a new version of you and you have to get to know an entirely new version of yourself. You've lost the life you had before. You've lost the human. You are now responsible for another human being. And that is something that nobody talks about or teaches you how to cope with. Yeah. And there's no mourning period. You don't get to mourn it. You just have to be a new person immediately. You just, you know, you go from 10 months pregnant to giving birth and then you're just supposed to immediately be good at it. And what the fuck in what world is that realistic? Yeah. And it's almost Uh, like you don't even have those 10 months, right? Because those 10 months are so praised in a different way than mother actual giving birth and having your baby in your arms. Motherhood is that within those 10 months, you're feeling a lot different and you're not feeling the weight of the actual live thing that's growing inside of you or um, that you're about to receive. Like, the, you know, um, it doesn't prepare you for motherhood. It's just like a, a process before motherhood. Mm-hmm. So it's like mm-hmm. you literally change the second your baby comes out. You're like, oh shit, this is real. And then people start forgetting about you and are focused about the baby. So you go, oh. you go back, you go on the way back and it's dark and it's, it's quiet and it's scary. And as, as a mom who's at home with the baby or a parent who's at home with your baby and, and um, you're alone in these thoughts. And, and she was, Leslie was saying that she would call her husband and tell him, mm-hmm. I like, you want to call and tell that person, but I would always feel like if I said, if I tell Billy that I'm having these thoughts, he's going to be worried about River. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I really just want you to be worried about me. Like just, mm-hmm. just worry about me. Mm-hmm. And that's yes, that's hard because like she was saying, like then he comes home. You know, did he come home? I have no idea, but I'm saying like you know, is is he worried about? And and I'm seeing myself like, is he worried about me or is he worried about the baby? It's like so you call someone and you're like, I'm flipping the fuck out. I feel like I want to throw my baby out the window. Are they even thinking like, how are you doing? Or are they thinking like, don't do that? You know, like um. You get you just get put on the back burner a lot as a new parent. Yeah, it comes oh. first, and you kind of have to. You're taking care of this person, but you're also like losing bits and pieces of yourself. They're chipping away, and um, yeah, it's just dark and quiet and lonely. And <sighs> those that I mean, Sarah and I were both just crying and <laughs> listening yeah. to your story. Like, no, um. I hope that we will normalize these thoughts more so because I, we haven't heard, um, I don't want to sing you out, but we haven't like heard thoughts like that yet. And I know people have had them. So I'm just really great. I mean, myself included, I've had, I've had those thoughts. So I'm just really grateful that we can even break this, um, chip away at this even more and get into like the really deep dark heavy stuff that we are really really afraid to say out loud yeah I mean I 100% when I I think last week when we were talking about I brought up like the shaking the baby in the video Mm -hmm. um the reason I brought that up is because 
I was alone in a dark place, in a physically dark place and in a dark mental place for so long that I, and Owen didn't, he cluster fed. He was on my boob all the time, probably because I wasn't producing enough milk. Um, I was dark. I was alone and it was dark physically. So my, my mood was already set in this, like it was, you know, it was winter in New York city. Um, I wanted to shake him. I didn't know what else to do. I, I, I felt that I wanted, I wanted, I didn't know what I wanted or what I needed. It was so scary. And I, to be honest, I think I've blocked that out because I, there's this thing I read the other day, a quote, and I not, I don't know it exactly, but I read it and I was like, holy fuck. Um, it was basically like the hardest thing I ever had to deal with. I did in silence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. With so many things. and oh, So many things. The hardest life. thing I've ever dealt with, I did it alone. It's already done. And the quote was much, you know, was much more eloquent than that. But it was just one of those moments where I read that and I was like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, nobody knows. Nobody knows what we're going through because we do it in silence. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I'm so sorry about the vagina tongs because they're real. Holy shit. <laughs> my God. As she's saying that, I'm like, well, my vagina tong joke uh, does not age well. So apologies. <laughs> also, ouch, dude. Oh, my gosh. I can't even. I don't even... know what that – I don't – I mean, every <sighs> birth, birth is painful no matter what. I don't want to – place anything harder than the other but that yikes that i can't sounds, imagine like that's that's rough especially if you're you know she she said she wasn't really prepared for that because she didn't think her doctor did that until no the other guy was like oh well i do this well and i've i've i wonder why i wonder what this like i know forceps and, and suction are a way of helping but what is the I'm wondering what gets you there. Like, what's the situation with the baby that would do that, require that instead of a C-section yeah. or, uh, you know, whatever. I That's um, – anyway, my apologies <laughs> for the um, – God, Leslie, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Liz, Tina, Leslie, honestly, I think, you know, these stories – are going to keep coming in, we hope. And um, every single one of them, like our reaction can just be like, yes, you know, like that's, it, mm-hmm. it, that's coming from a very genuine place that I think we are finding a little bit of ourselves in each story, if not all of myself and some part of your story or all of your story. I feel like we are, I am so many of these women sharing their stories in mm-hmm. my own experience, um, have had so many similar thoughts and feelings and actions and and um, thank you, because without I, I, this is therapeutic for me. And, and I think that it's therapeutic for most people, because, again, I'll keep saying this, like there aren't really answers. But when you're so alone in such a dark place and you don't want to talk to anybody about it, it's nice to just hear outs, like outs, like outside of yourself that there these things are happening. Right. Like I, I wish I had this I wish I had this podcast when I was <laughs> uh, but honestly I, I mean, I mean I, yeah I wish I did 
-hmm. I wish I could have anonymously, you know, sent in some of the shit I used to think and, Mm -hmm. and, and hear some two women be like, yes, I felt that. That is, Mm -hmm. this is so powerful for me right now. And, and yes, I'm talking about our own podcast, but this is so powerful for me right now. And, and hearing these women reference the other stories we already played. Like I felt a little bit in that story. Like this is the point, right? This is the point. We are not doctors. Uh, We are not there. We are not, we are not giving you advice that we want you to shout from the rooftops, but we are building a community in a safe space for us to talk about these feelings and ensure and tell each other and hug each other virtually that we are not alone. That is the point. And you guys are fucking bringing it home for us. You guys are fucking amazing. And yeah. I think that I, I mean, we're, we're four episodes in and I'm already, I'm already so blown away by you guys and all that Alicia and I have wanted to do is, God, help. Find a way to to help to 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 create a safe space so that we can talk about these things. Yes, but um, if we can help one or five or you know six people mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that maybe are going through a really hard time right now, and they hear this and it goes, oh, okay, I'm not alone. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can do this. I can do this. She did this. I can do this. Um, and you're not a bad mom for having these thoughts and you're not a bad mom for fucking up and you're not a bad mom for not being able to breastfeed. And you're not like, if we can just say that to you, if it's you that needs to hear it, then, then we've done what we're trying to do. And I just, I love this so much. I'm just, I just can't wait. I just can't wait. I want to meet you all and give you hugs and really giving you a big old fat hug and smooch and just uh, maybe a couple, a couple tears. A little tap, a little tap on the tush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I also just want to say too, I mean, I know we're right at the beginnings of this, but I just, um, you know, I, I hope that we can grow it into something that we can provide resources and, um, something bigger with this because I think that there is so much to be done for yeah. the community. Um, yeah. And we will. We will try to – that's our goal, right? Yeah, so. We'll get there. Woo! We'll get there, but yeah. Fuck yeah, ladies. We got this. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we got this. We're, we might not – do we don't really have it. <laughs> we've got it. We don't have it, but we've got it. Yeah, we don't. We don't have it, but we've got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, for fuck's sake, take a walk around the block, <laughs> yeah. then shake your beverages, not your babies. Bye. Time to hit the bottle, there. Mm-hmm.